people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Your host, Derek Bacall. That is so. It's like he auto tunes himself. I think so. Is there? Does, does your throat take batteries? I uh, don't have uh, uh, volume control, but I do have auto tune. Okay, <laughs> so you are doing that. Okay, <laughs> this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Wednesday, December third. My cousin Regina's birthday. Happy birthday, Regina. Uh, and, and it is about uh, 8.37 from the fabulous Brett Cave. So, again, any news that happens after about 9.37 on uh, Wednesday, December 3rd, we are not responsible for in this podcast. Sorry. Um, and there's probably still many more things that we will miss. But, you know, there's only so much time, and and we cover what we can. Uh, of course, besides myself, there's my fabulous announcer, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Nate Costa. And sitting across from me, literally hosting this podcast by letting us be here, our moral compass and podcast producer. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And, of course, if you are listening to the, to us uh, on iTunes, please subscribe. Please rate us. Please tell your friends. You can also listen to us on the Stitcher app. And you may also find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you can also find uh, an Amazon link if you cannot find what you uh, are intrigued by and what we talk about tonight uh, at your local brick-and-mortar store. I hope, I hope everybody supported uh, small businesses on Saturday. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, and then, of course, uh, so you can follow that Amazon link. And if for Christmas you'd like to donate to your uh, favorite podcast or us, uh, write in to uh, you NPR know doesn't you, need NPR doesn't need the money. Doesn't need the money. <laughs> yeah, please, for us. please. Uh, they're fine. Um, they've got T-shirts. We don't yet. Uh, you can you can donate money on the PayPal link at www.fanboyplanet.com. It'll be a Merry Christmas for all. So we've got some comics news. We got some movie news. We got some television news, and we'll talk about all, you know all of it being sort of comics oriented. But first, I did want to mention that Ready Nate, we got mail started kenny we've got fanny mail that's amazing that was just like hitting the little button button. punch a punch the button that was fantastic monkey jumps it even sounded like no it just even sounded like a (laughs) like the edit of a like a a click it's not a it was great uh well you got an email from uh ron talbot uh who's a long time listener yeah he he was glenn what no, no, Ron has actually even been on the podcast a couple times when we were back at Elusive Comics and Games, which in an update I want to mention, their game shop is uh, that's going to be spun off across the street. You could the, think of the name of this last, is last Isle, That's right, that's what I'm updating, is Isle of Games, which will be uh, I-S-L-E, which will be opening uh, in January. 
on El Camino Real in, in Santa Clara. Across the street, like by hometown buffet. Exactly. So you can go play a game and then, and then eat. For 15 eat bucks, you can death. eat your weight in starchy foods. Um, they're not sponsoring us, so I can insult them. But anyway, uh, Ron Talbot, you know, we didn't really get a chance to cover this because I think this picture came out before, was that um, we missed the news that, uh, that uh, a Batmobile went on auction last month that was from... 1963 it was the first officially licensed batmobile three years before george barris modified the car for the television series a guy wanted to do some charity work and he turned uh an old whoops i've accidentally hit a bad button here delete draft uh and uh, modified an old a 63 oldsmobile into a Batmobile that looked like the kind of the 40s version of it. And so... Maybe the one with the sweeping uh, fin on the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a guy actually, which nobody knew about. It It was just been in storage. Actually, it wasn't even in storage. Like somebody found it on his, kind of looked like rotting on his property. And they restored it. And they did it. So um, Ron just wanted to make sure we were aware that it had happened. And uh, wrote, uh, sweet, but the one from the TV show will still be my all-time favorite. Oh, yeah. Which is why I remind you to go ahead and get that Batman 66 DVD deluxe edition that comes with the Mattel's Hot Wheel version. It's not the Corgi, which ejects Batman and Robin, which was awesome. And I coveted so much when I was a small child. but uh, And I never got it. But at least it is a 66 Batmobile replica in Hot Wheels form. So... What a sweet gift to remind you. But, yeah, I agree with Ron. That is my Batmobile. Like, there is no – I've enjoyed them all. But it's like, who's your doctor? What's your Batmobile? No, it's true because there's something like – The Tumblr. I don't like the Tumblr. I, it, because there's nothing I about the it. I think the Tumblr is fine, but I think the 66 Batmobile is the iconic Batmobile. Yeah, the Tumblr doesn't necessarily have to be Batman, and that's my, and that, yeah. and that's my problem with it. So, you know um, – the the 66 one is it i i liked what was happening in the tim burton films but they still weren't quite i you know but everything about the batman 66 just fills me with joy mm-hmm. so that's the problem you know the i had an alarm clock that was shaped like the batman forever uh batmobile for a while that was odd uh so uh anyway did it room when it was time to get up no but you could press a button and it would say, it would uh, light up all the lights and it, and it would project the bat signal. Ah, but cool. But the, but it wouldn't do it as the alarm, like you know, like wake you up by by shining the bat <laughs> signal on your face. And Gotham, say, Gotham needs you. Gotham needs you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, which we saw actually before while we were waiting for Nate uh, tonight. We got this. We saw this on Facebook. I think it was uh, Tony Caballero posted. Uh, that said uh, that it, um, women, if you you should name if you have a baby boy now, you should name it, it name the boy Gotham because then in the middle of the night when the baby cries, you can turn to your husband and say, "Gotham needs you," and no matter what, how many times he's heard it, he'll get up and take care of it. <laughs> I've shortened down the eloquence of it, but it was like I was reading it aloud to to Rick, and he was like. He was quoting, we knew what was coming. It's like, yeah. it's true. It's true. It would totally. <laughs> so, man, you dodged a bullet, Nate, by having a Mary Jane. <laughs> Mary Jane needs you? Eh, yeah, well, it doesn't have quite the pool of it. It's all right. You can take care of it. <laughs> yeah. oh, we didn't say that too loudly. All right. So let's talk. You are the person Mary Jane wants. Wow. What? That's a weird message to send in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, good. 
anyway, um, so <laughs> let's start with some comics news. Speaking of Batman, uh, it was announced today, or uh, that at least there's been confirmation rumored that uh, DC is going to release a second sequel. Let me make sure I've got the the etymology right here. The second sequel to The Dark Knight Returns uh, is in development by DC Comics. Uh, so that people not following along, you know, whose Batman knowledge comes from the movies, The Dark Knight Returns being the uh, seminal graphic novel. And actually, look, it was a four-issue miniseries and then combined and collected into what we call now a graphic novel uh, released by DC Comics in 1984, written and drawn by Frank Miller, which told the story of a 50-year-old Bruce Wayne coming out of retirement to become Batman again when the Gotham City has fallen prey to so many grim and gritty because it really did start the grim and gritty phase even before Watchmen um, or had they, they were about the same time uh, but at, at any rate uh, Frank Miller came back in 2000 to do a sequel called The Dark Knight Strikes Again mm-hmm. uh, which uh, be, I liked it a lot at the time, and you can find way back when in the in the Family Planet archives that uh, I had get, I had gotten what he was doing. He was actually trying to he started it trying to uh, pay homage to Mad Magazine's parodies of the characters. Mm-hmm. Super Duper Man, he was drawing a lot in kind of a very loose um, Will Elder and Wally Wood style, and and then halfway through his ad- admittedly slow creation of it he they'd gotten two issues out and then 9-11 happened and as we, we know um frank miller's worldview altered very drastically as as many people's did yeah. uh, as a result of 9-11 and his work took on a much more uh conservative bent shall we say and uh and and as he was trying to sort through his reaction to that things got a little more strident and more crazy in a way that mad magazine would never have envisioned um so it's an interesting thing there but this time around frank miller is involved uh, and i think he does need as a creator a project like this because really you know the sin city is sort of the luster has gone off the last movie a name to kill for didn't mm-hmm. do pretty didn't do very well um you know 300 the sequel there didn't do very well um the last major work he'd done in comics was holy terror which many people really just kind of ignored uh, so he definitely needs luster here, but even his name alone might not make it happen. So, Nate, if you were to try to make the the Dark Knight Strikes again again, uh, what creator would you bring in to give luster to Frank Miller's name? For art? No, it's not for art. No, Miller would be doing the art. I Yeah. No, Miller's not doing the art. He's not? Okay, but uh, who's doing the art then? You mean to co-write? To co-write, yes. Well, Scott Snyder, of course. Well, of course, because oh, you've, okay. you've seen it. Yeah, yeah but that's uh, that's uh, true. Who's doing art? Well, have they announced an artist yet? They have not. This is what uh, they're saying. Miller will not illustrate. It may be drawn by multiple artists with Greg Capullo, Andy Kubert, Jim Lee, Sean Murphy, and Mark Silvestri listed as possibilities. So, in other words, this is very preliminary and could come out right after uh, All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder number whatever they're on. <laughs> Are you giving me <laughs> Oh, nice. <It's> so <laughs> That'd be uh, number nine. Uh, number eight was the last issue of that yeah. atrocity. Um, 
You know, but this good, you know, which does remind me that yes, it had been, and this could be tied into Mark Silvestri of Top Cow is going to be drawing an ongoing Batman book and has been oh, apparently really? That's working. Been announced already? That had that was announced this week, or that uh, or Bleeding Cool ran with it, and then people were writing into him saying, "How did you not know this?" He was showing the artwork to pe- anybody who would ask at Comic Con, which I don't know Mark Silvestri, so which I didn't ask. Which makes me wish. He would have been available for an interview. I I know, I know. Because a, uh, he agreed to an interview, but he was super busy at his table. So. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of promises were made and not kept at Comic-Con this summer. Uh, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn, I'm still hungry. Uh, you know, so... <laughs> That's not true. I haven't been hungry since 1996. Uh, so look at this body. Uh, so especially after Thanksgiving, God, what a horrible thing. Uh, but it was good though. Uh, so um, yeah, Sylvester did announce that, or they they, they announced that that Sylvester would be drawing an ongoing book. I get a feeling that post convergence, things are going to be shaken up even more than we might think. Yeah. And, which is a good thing. I, you know, the, the, it, it's it's a lot of the new fifty two two. Because another thing got posted today where they're talking about how they're really kind of building a world with the with Batgirl and Arkham, uh, and, and Gotham Academy and Arkham Manor. Right. You know that there's this little su- they're building a, a Batman universe that's actually a little more, if I dare say it, fun and and uh, kid friendly than the Batman books really have been. You know, so yeah, I mean, uh, definitely in the Batgirl book, the new Batgirl book. I, but yeah, I didn't get a chance to read Arkham Manor yet, but I did. I I still do. I enjoyed Gotham Academy. Yeah, and 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 it's a it's it, it's not exactly like the kid friendly Batman. I I do like you know like I'd have a right or a chance, but you know like like the Batman Brave and the Bold was very kid kid friendly on, on television. But it is a Batman that doesn't violate what's going on in the main Bat books, but is still, I think, appropriate for younger readers to go, oh, yeah, you know, because the character, it's the focus isn't Batman. Uh, so that's... The, I know, yeah. with the, within the New 52, I mean, we have to remember that Batman was the one storyline that really didn't get shook up or changed up much at and all. And Green Lantern. And Green Lantern. There were two storylines. Okay, yes, that's okay. true. Um, with the exception of Red Hood and the Robin mix, Robin mix up or how long is well, Robin? Thank you for reminding me. There is a big controversy so, yet again of yeah. that because apparently um, last issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, Starfire shot heroin. Oh, I didn't know that. So um, oh, good for her. Yeah, and and I'm like four book, four books. Well, one of the thing, and I saw the panel and went, yeah. Once again, it's back to that. You know that she's barely got little you know egg cup holders on these huge ridiculous orange breasts and um that somebody pointed out like the one of the most popular shows on cartoon network right now is is teen titans go the humorous version that's very kid-friendly very right my kids love that show both actually the 10 year old and the 15 year old they're just like great it's i know i got 15 minutes where we're all peacefully going (laughs) you know it it's a totally family family friendly funny show and starfire is so nice she's she's very naive and cute and just and just you know and then she's a highly over-sexualized version that she was not ever in the new Teen Titans. Right. You know, and it's not that you can't have two versions of a character, like one clearly for a comics and for TV. Oh, one was post-Flashpoint. So. But, but, one is, but when one is presented as a kid's 
hero and they're pl- and they're selling stuffed toys over mm-hmm. they're selling action figures and one is essentially uh, you know i i just don't even know what the kim kardashian I, of the dc well, universe I, they i mean i would give it to you in the first four issues of that book but the character has been a lot better in in recent well, what time. i'm re- and, 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 and i haven't read the issue I, and what i read Maryland, is that she's so. sliding back okay. and that's the thing is like you know when um especially that arsenal's in that yeah. Uh, or Red Arrow. Are they calling him Arsenal or are they calling him Red Arrow? Arsenal. Arsenal. That when you know that Arsenal was, that Roy Harper was the character that was in that very, con- not well, controversial book where DC actually took on the issue of drug abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really not even a plot point in Red Hood and the Outlaws. It was Speedy. Yeah. It was Speedy. What an ironic name, yes. right? Which many have said. But that, um, that in this it's just like it's casual that they notice, oh, Starfire is doing drugs. It's not like a. The point of the story isn't that she's addicted. It's that, you know, it, it's it's, it's become a it's become now. a character trait. Yeah. Instead of you know that isn't serving and, and it, you know and, and so if like my kids were to go in a store, but they live in an area where the only time they go to a store is when they're with me and I take them to one, uh, but it, to a comic book shop and they were to look at Red Hood and the Outlaws because Starfire's there. It's so different. They were then, trying to explain that she was. I mean, they were really trying to shoot her up as an <laughs> shoot her up, yeah, <laughs> as an alien character. Um, in that, they were explaining that whole um, sexual uh, ambiguous, not ambiguous, but her her lack of a sticking with one person kind of thing as being kind of an emotional amnesia that she had uh, that 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 the emotions didn't carry over. But it's time, a it's a complete, which was an interesting interesting thought. If you're going to try and make someone alien, that was an interesting. But it's a complete revision that 30 years of continuity did not have anything to do with. And again, it, that it, it's like it, it's as if the Phantom of Stranger. It's as if the Air Pirates. If okay. Disney took the Air Pirates, that underground comic, and said, right. "Yes, that's a valid version of Mickey." Uh-huh. You know, it, it, it's not. There's a reason Disney sued those guys back in the '60s, right. and uh, for those who don't know, that's an underground comic that that portrayed the the Disneyland characters. And it didn't Wally Wood draw on Wally that? Wood drew a lot of the it. the famous uh, the poster of of all the characters having sex. And, yeah. and Disney was right to shut it down. In that, you know, those were trademark characters that, you know, they stand for something different. And when, and you can't really sell them both. Although, you know, Marvel's walking the line with Deadpool, you know, the same way. It's yeah. like it's very clearly you go into a hot topic. There are kids going, Deadpool's a cool character. There's no way in hell until my son turns at least 15 will he ever play that <laughs> video game. You know, uh, <laughs> Jiminy Christmas couldn't get a minute into that game without going, oh, my God, my children oh, God. must never know I bought this. You know, um yeah, and you see that, which Hot Topic is loaded down with Deadpool stuff. And we forget, we have no place for this in there, but I have to mention, they have adult size underoos. <laughs> so, saw that. Now, how many pair did you buy? I did not. I did not, but I saw them and went. And what versions were they? There's Superman, Batman, Robin, for women, there's Wonder Woman, uh, and Batgirl. He-Man and Skeletor, right? There's He-Man and Skeletor. They say they're going to come out with a Star Trek, uh, no Star Wars line. No Aquaman. No Aquaman, which oh. would because you know what that one would actually make sense, right? Uh, Plastic actually, Man. 
No, I would have bought that. <laughs> Good Lord. Really? Give me, just give me the excuse. Now they're, um, they're retailing at 25 bucks uh, a set. A set. That's reasonable. So, I mean, for what it is. Yeah. But I walked in and went, eh, I, I'll just buy goofy boxer shorts at six bucks and pretend. They had goofy on them? No, not yet. There will be, I'm sure. Um, there were Marvel ones too. Um, and I can't remember if it was Iron Man. Uh, was what? Oh, we have uh, the Mary Jane's first appearance on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so we mentioned that. Um, the thing that hit the stores today uh, is a nice uh, hand. You can you can hold in your hand digest version compared to what had been released before of the translations, Chip Kids translations of the Japanese manga version of. Batman 66, which was actually brought into continuity by Grant Morrison and Batman Incorporated. But uh, there's a nice digest. Uh, I, well, you portrayed, you said it was larger than I was than I was envisioning it. But um, it's about the size of the average hardback book. But, but didn't they say paperback. it was? But didn't they say it was a po- the pocket size? Manga? That's a big pocket. Well, have you seen the iPhone 6S? It's uh, <laughs> bigger. Than, it requires a big, a big pocket. The difference between the manga and the iPhone 6, the manga digest there will not bend. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, ha! Ha! Anyway, there had been a big coffee table version of it a couple of years ago, um, and it was kind of incomplete because apparently, I know this is going to be stunning to people. It's hard to imagine this, that there are even comics that are lost to history, and the Batman manga from the 60s which was licensed out to a japanese creator is among that there are there are complete stories but there is not a complete run of the manga now my understanding of manga manga buyers in japan they don't collect not collectors no so so they buy it and they might you know they buy it for the the train ride into work and they're flipping pages, and if you've seen the density of, of word, you can yeah. you can go through those things pretty fast. Um, so they have this this uh, yellow pages size book that they read on uh, yeah. two trite, and they just leave it on the on the uh, on the seat. They walk away from it. So the and the when idea, I was in second grade, somebody somebody loaned me one. Like somebody yeah. came into the school and, and saw oh, untranslated. Oh yes, That's, so I did not understand. I read right. the whole thing. I read. I looked at the pictures Page backwards through. and right. then understood. Oh wait a minute! It goes the other way. The visuals make more sense this way. I, I couldn't tell you what it was. I just right. remember I came into it. He school. got shot just a second ago, and now he's fine. I came into school one day, and somebody left one on my desk and said it was a parent who had gotten it and said, "Oh, this Derek, you know, Derek McCall might enjoy reading this." So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the idea that the companies lose less, lost this stuff as well is right up there with Disney washing the acetates, right? And it's the... That still hurts. Yeah. No, yeah. And like the BBC erasing Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, we put Nate to sleep. Is Mary Jane still awake? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's like magic, you know. So three, two, one, he's asleep. Nate, you are a chicken. Okay, uh, <laughs> so we are brought... To one of our most delightful segments of the, did you have a chance to go to the comic book store today, Nate? I did. Okay, then we can go right to the segment we call "What's in the bag." What's in the bag? What's in the bag? I want to flash forward twenty-five years to Mary Jane Costa singing to her daughter. What's in? The, I don't know what it means either, but there's something my dad used to sing dad, to me to sleep. Grandpa used to sing this. <laughs> Grandpa used to sing this. <laughs> 
<sighs> okay. What's in your bag, Nate? My bag is very Hulk-centric today. Ooh. That was a good Hulk day, wasn't it? Yeah. So item number one in my bag is Hulk number nine. That's got... Uh, Cover showing Kitty Shadow Pride phasing Cat. through the Hulk's head. Yes, I put it with back. With her fist. Yeah. Oh, yes, all right. Yeah, I like the first couple of issues. That's the one where, that is the series where he started off, he was brain damaged, right? Yeah, and, and Tony Stark. So Bruce Banner got shot by yeah. someone in the head. And when he turned into the Hulk, he's okay. But when he turns back into Banner, he's brain damaged, doesn't remember anything. Yeah. So Tony Stark uh, fixed his brain damage by using Extremis technology. Of course. Yeah. Because that seems like the best idea since it was totally under control every time it's been used. Or was anybody reading uh, Spectacular Iron Man? Or Superior. Superior, I suppose. Superior, no. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't want to speak Superior for everyone. Is, I'm not. Is a really interesting storyline that's much along that same that same plot idea. Hmm. I, I won't say too much more, but I'm 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 really really looking forward to issue three. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and yeah, so this is the series that started off written by Mark Wade, and now it is being written by Jerry Dugan. One of the co-writers of Deadpool, and it's yes. still good. Yes. Cool. So, yeah, and the art is Mark Bagley, which I always enjoy. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What's in your bag? My first book is right out of my high school Shut your years. mouth. Shaft. Shut your nice. mouth. First issue from I Dynamite. blew the timing, yeah. With uh, a Bill Sinkiewicz. 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 I just did that for you. Really? Sinkevich. Really? I'm just trying to keep you from, like, please, every time I used to say Wolfman, instead of Wolfman. Wolfman. Uh, yeah. Um, Sinkevich. Marv Wolfman. Yes. Uh, this is this is actually, they're, they're doing the origin of Shaft in this. Because it's... Uh, oh, really? He starts off, and mostly it's it's the... Uh, it's, I know the origin of Shaft. It's called Django Unchained. It's, well, you're close. <laughs> it's it's the Pulp Fiction with Bruce Willis, um, the boxer who's told to take a dive. Well, no, no, no. Do you know that? I mean, that actually is in... in is, is that in... Django Unchained. Is that... Uh, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. That her name is Brunhilde von Shaft. I didn't put that together. So Django doesn't really have a last name, so the idea is that, that they're Shaft's great-great-grandparents. I didn't put that together. Oh, my Interesting. God, yeah. you blew my mind. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. He spells it with a C, though, S-C-H-A-F-T, F-F-T. Well, so they well when it. they come over and – oh, they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, they get, when they go to Ellis Island – Never mind. Shh, shh, shh. Every week, I want to give you. Uh, we'll have a shovel of the moment award, so you can dig yourself out of that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, it's it's very nicely illustrated. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him turn into the. Uh, you know what I'm really glad about looking at just the cover that it's the Richard Roundtree shaft oh, and not the, the Samuel L. Jackson one, yeah. which bored the crap mm-hmm. out of me. Yeah. And you got you got. 70s styles, those those uh, yellow stripe, uh, yellow. Uh, I don't see anything pants. wrong with those, and no. in fact, I envy those trousers. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> exactly. And as you pointed out to me, there's a there's a scantron, a uh, Q code, QR code, QR uh, code, yeah, uh, on one of the pages where you can get a first installment of the all new Shaft Pros short, 
Shaft's Revenge. By the same oh. uh, comics artist, right? Uh, comic writer. It's um, uh, by David F. Walker, who is the same who wrote, the guy who wrote the book. Yeah, he's a crime novelist who he did uh, one of the Moon Knight revivals a few oh. a few years ago. I think. I okay. think. I please, you know, again, this is almost like letter bait. I'm asking people write in, correct me, tell me who you know. Um, yeah. do, where where did David F. Walker come from? Um, but I can dig this kind of stuff. The the, the kind of '70s revival. Uh, <laughs> wow, because it. it makes you feel thirty again. It okay, does, <laughs> the the the. the, the uh, that we bring back a character like this, a very iconic character, and you can tell some tell some good stories about it. And probably won't have the greatest, the longest run. Um, I don't think Dynamite's in it for the long run. No, I, I think you it's, know it's probably going to be you know eight to twelve issues, and, and I'll I just, be done. I, you know, and I wonder about that. But it, I think it's fine. No, but as a business model, what uh-huh. that you know uh, how they survive. I mean, it, it is. I hope I'm not telling any details. I mean, for when I worked on Greatest American Hero and Arcana co-published that, and you know they were in a spate of doing adaptations, and they said, and it really was just to kind of put um, trademarks back out there yeah. instead of really planning for success in comics. And, and, and that's not to, not that's not a reflection on Arcana because Arcana does some really good books. It was just like, but that was one of the things was trying. He was trying to build up his name. But Dynamite does hasn't done enough that's non-licensed, you know. And then when I talk right. to people, it's like, because you, men- you notice in the oh. middle, there's this whole thing with King Features. And they've done several King Features miniseries. And um, I was talking to Steve Simonetti at Elusive last week. And he said, like, the thing is, the one that Alex Ross guided, the one Flash Gordon Zeitgeist, where it was also mm-hmm. I- integrating pieces of the film, uh, of, the, of the Dino De Laurentiis movie into the into the continuity of Flash Gordon, that was the only one that sold well. Uh-huh. That everyone else is like, you know, he it, they order four copies a month, and they have three people but, that subscribe, and then he always wants to keep a copy on so that in case somebody walks in, nobody ever walks in and, and picks them up. So right. they're not characters that are in... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested in how the King feature stuff is packaged from a continuity standpoint across. Yeah, which one? Because is... you wouldn't look at these. You wouldn't look at Flash Gordon, Mandrake, Prince Valiant, the Phantom, and Jungle Jim and say team, right? But they're definitely actually. I would take that back. No, I would. You and would. The but reason the average be, person because there, because most of the people that know at least three of those characters know them know from them a from, cartoon. Yes, but together, was, Prince Valiant wasn't in that. Uh, it was like putting. It was like having Viking Prince in a DC crossover. I think he showed up uh, in he? flashback or, or like time travel episodes. Defenders of the Universe was that it? Or Defenders of the, Def- yeah, Defenders, Defenders of the, of the universe. universe. Yes, or of uh, Defenders of the Earth. I think Nate, do you remember? Earth may have been it. Defenders no, I, of the Earth. I remember having the, the very bad Jungle Jim. action figures. Jungle Jim wasn't. This wasn't. is the first time that Jungle Jim has been brought back into as a king feature yeah um and a look different look to that character okay as well. trivia question for the uh for the week uh is then who, how are you spelling week uh for the podcast see if somebody will write in right um by mid-december just to see if anybody knows uh jungle jim has actually had a film appearance hmm. who played jungle jim and bonus what other superheroes did he play um, but anyway, I have a guess, but I'll save it for later. Okay, good, because don't blow it. Don't be one no, of those guys that just doesn't go. No, 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 no. Christian Bale. You want people to answer it? We're like, asking for listeners. To... I do know. I do know. You know, it's very yeah. obscure. But um, 
But I mean, the creative teams should look at that. Acker and Blacker, which obviously, yes. who obviously we love, uh, is writing Flash, Gordon, and our, 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 our writing Flash Gordon. Are writing Flash Gordon and uh, Thunderbolts. Yeah, um, they're writing Flash Gordon. Roger Langridge doing Mandrake is like the one writer that would make me interested in an updated version of Mandrake. Okay. Uh, maybe Jeff would Jeff, Jeff Parker had done with the King's Watch crossover, and that's what I mean. Is they've done so many of these. This is like this is the third. No, this is the fourth reboot of Flash Gordon that Dynamite has done. Right, and so that's what I mean. I, I just think people are like, well, well, what you know, what the hell's real? I mean, you've done so many reboots of Flash Gordon, you'd think they're DC. Yep. Who also, by the yep. way, did Flash Gordon in the eighties? Made him a skateboarder. Uh, it was. Terrible. Uh, so. Defenders of the, the Earth is the correct name. Defenders right. there. So if you look at this, it's five characters, four, five miniseries at four issues each, 20 books. That's an oversized uh, hardback for all of this to be collected in one. Then I hate to say I'm waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there we go. All right. Uh, my first pick of the week is... Uh, a book that I'm looking forward to reading, I'm not sure if I'm going to love it as much when it's reintroduced into the new 52 version of the characters, but Secret Six with the original uh, uh, modern writer of Secret Six, uh, Gail Simone, back in as creator. Um, and I'm very excited to see that this book is back because um, it was a great pre-New 52 thing. Yeah, um, It's just one of my favorite books uh, titles out of that time. And this is, uh, you know, we'll see a couple of the characters I think are the same. I think Catman's in it. Well, okay, so. When, and and Black re- Alice had been introduced into, I don't think it was Secret Six. Actually, she was introduced into into the Birds of Prey pre-New 52 okay. by Gail Simone. And then when Gail Simone was not relaunched on uh, on the New 52 version of Birds of Prey, Black Alice sort of disappeared from from the continuity for now, a while. Is she the really skinny one? Then she's the that one right there. No, no, that's the ventriloquist. Okay, so that's the new ventriloquist who was in that Forever Evil cross. When the month was all the villains, they I must have missed that one. They did. Uh, yeah, she's the <laughs> that's the most disturbing vision of now. Black Alice so is this Black girl Alice. with the with the frizzed out and uh, is she a ma- magician as well? Or what a her, sorceress? What, she can actually steal the supernatural ability of any other mystic character. Okay, because so at one point actually I she, think she, she was she in a, Justice League Dark for a she while. She does a speaking backwards spell. In yes. This. So if there, I can't remember what the distance is. She's sort of like the mimic was in um, okay. X Men. Um, that she that she just but unlike bar, she doesn't just duplicate it. She borrows the ability. They lose yeah, see, the ability. Yeah. So yeah, she they, it's she was a cool, interesting character. Um, so I, I I like the look. I, I read the book. I enjoyed it. It it for me it hark, it, it did harken back a bit to the original series, which I read as a young young man. Um, listen to the mockingbird. Yeah. Hey, where it was it was. You know, six individuals who didn't know why they were gathered together by a mysterious mockingbird who may or may not have been one of them. So, and I think, it, yeah, uh, this this is a uh, this has more of a more of a almost um, I'm going to say the cell bend to it. Yeah. Oh, here in the back they have the all access that does mention it. It's, it is Catman and Black Alice, uh, but the others are not there. So, is that Talon that? Um, one of the owl court of owls the 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 second picture the superhero the, on the cover there's on the cover on the right hand side oh the, it could be 
I don't think all the characters have been introduced yet. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so this one did have an interesting um, multiversity um, add too. Add yeah. It, um, yeah. That I knew you would squee over from the. Uh, the oh, the one with the Captain Marvel with the Captain the, Marvel family. family and all yes. The, yes. Yes, I, I'm. Now, is the, all the guys in the uh, kind of Black Hawkish only red outfits with the bolts on it? They're, they're pre-existing characters. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I recognize Tawny Tiger, but okay, that's. Uh, uh, yes, let me. Uh, th- that's uh, Uncle Dudley, right? Dudley Marvel and the three Lieutenant Marvels, which are uh, Tall Billy, Hill Billy, and Fat Billy. They're all three people named Billy Batson who discovered that when they say the word Shazam, they too get the abilities and they are, uh, because Shazam apparently can't, can't determine who is who, uh, as long, as long as any Billy Batson uses it. So if you are a young man out there named Billy Batson, if you say Shazam, let us know if you get powers. Uh, and, uh, but Taki Tawny did not have, uh, Marvel family powers, uh, in the original version, but you know, Grant Morrison's messing with it and he's creating more of an, or, organized super team i'm sure um you've got the bubbles of the different worlds up there that are kind of cool to look at you've got the uh, i think the most fascinating i see here is that i'm guessing that there's one here that that's uh that's the tommy tomorrow from twilight uh miniseries that uh dc did in the uh this one in the 80s yeah that the the upper left hand bubble on the second page of the house ad yeah um not all the characters fit that, although I think that's um, Iron Wolf, Howard Chaykin's oh, character. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, he, you're the one on the right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Tommy, right, Tomorrow, right. Tommy Tomorrow and Iron Wolf were in um, Twilight, um, which I believe DC is actually reprinting. So, um, you know, it's an interesting... Howard Chaykin wrote that in the 80s. Yeah, that was a great... That was uh, about the same time they were doing the Tarzan stuff and the John Carter and... Uh, Iron Wolf, Iron Wolf. Oh, Iron Wolf was yes, but yeah. the how the how, what Howard Chaykin did with the series Later, called Twilight was right. in, it was a a prestige format in the in the late eighties, early nineties. No, it was just the sword and sorcery, sword and swashbuckler yeah. kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was a original fighting space vampires in a wooden ship that yeah, flew was, through space. The wood was a uh, special property that let it fly. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. Next up in your bag, Nate. Next up for me is Thanos versus Hulk number one. Ooh, and another one. Art by Jim Starlin. Everything by Jim Starlin, written and penciled. Uh, issue one is very preliminary. There is no Hulk versus Thanos in issue one. Oh, I'm sorry. Such a disappointment. But it's a four-issue miniseries, so I'll be patient. Eventually, the second issue will come out, and you will get your... Uh... <laughs> Uh, it's, <laughs> if they've got a, you know, there's an editor's to, note in the beginning. We're sorry. The story number two takes will never place happen. before the events of Thanos, the infinity revelation. And during a time when banner was working for shield. Okay. Okay. So it's an older story. No, a newer story. It's a I mean, secret story. It's, it's a between the scenes story. That's right. Exactly. Between the panels. Hmm. All right. So my Somehow seg- oh. the watcher missed this and is just now telling everyone about it. Wow. Even though he's dead. <laughs> he's so, not dead. Oh, he is. No. He'll be back. We'll see. All right. Is it my turn? It's your turn. My second book is Angela Asgard's Assassin, number one. You son of a... Okay, well, you right. grabbed Secret Six, so... <laughs> okay, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I read all mine. So the... Uh, um, I have to say, this book aspires to be something really cool, but it's just not doing it for me. Um, you've got you've got Angela, and basically this whole thing just kind of rehashes where she is, how she got there from Asgard, and the whole uh, I was the lost daughter of Odin, and now I can't stand him, and the angels can't stand me. Who I'm can stand out, him? Thrown out of heaven, um, and there's just somebody else there. They got to fight. I, you know, I still we the get whole... a little bit of, of of her fighting style is explained in here a little bit, but. The whole thing with Angela has been to me, it's like it was a trademark grab. It was a yeah. please Neil Gaiman thing, which I totally get behind. But I just don't know, especially at the uh, the level that Marvel plays versus, and I, I, I don't know that Nate will be offended by this or not, the, the level in comics that Todd McFarlane's Spawn plays now. Yeah. There are people that in 1991 were super excited about Angela. I just don't know. I still don't feel like there's anybody in 2014 that gives a flying crap. Yeah, I agree. And and actually, and and you take her away from the only reason anybody would. The the mm-hmm. pacing of this book is so weird. I mean, we've got the the last two pages are when anything of note happens. When we we're introduced to the horde of Asgard, which is basically the Warriors Three. Is it all three of them? Yeah, it's the Warriors 3 and Sif and a uh, new um, one-armed Thor with the axe. Um, and Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, somebody's got to read Thor number two. Uh, no, that's right, because he's got his arm ripped off by uh, yeah, so he's Malekith. Got, he's the got the issue. destroyer arm on him, on him replacing the his one arm, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we, we're introduced to the Replaced Asgard. by a Dr. Pepper can. But the the new Angela has stolen the new heir to Asgard. Which oh no, don't show it! I got I've got it on my stack. I okay. might actually read it tonight. But uh, I just can't talk about it now. I, I just it's I, I I'll probably buy the second issue, just because they ended up with this on the thing. But I'm I'm not enjoying. Well, it. because that reminds me of the fifth reboot of Flash Gordon we hadn't talked about. <laughs> of course, you'll buy the second issue. And it's still less painful than the sci-fi version yes, of uh, uh, Flash Gordon, God. by which is uh, is our complete. Still wake up sweating uh, and screaming. That is our complete baseline of how <laughs> much crap will we <laughs> sit through? No, what what uh, to what point does it have to go, go that we'll actually say no, no more? And it is a bunch of guys in capes, right? Doing uh, bird sounds in, 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 on a scale of one to Flash Gordon. That's uh, yeah. you know there it is. Uh, so. You know, someday they're going to put that on DVD, and some poor sucker is going, is going to, to watch it. it because because they've listened to us talk about it. Like it can't be that, can't bad. Be that bad. And it's like, no, I'm going to flash forward and say, yes, it, yes, is. it is. Don't do we it. We don't want to read your suicide note. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to be mentioned in your suicide note. <laughs> yeah, that's. It. I don't mind about reading it. I just don't want to be in, implicated. Uh, <laughs> so we've warned you now. Um, anyway, next on mine uh, is. Uh, Boom Studios doing uh, Escape from New York. They're in their in their John Carpenter. Can we call? It, have they done a thing book? Uh, to do if they would have the John Carpenter triptych um, or the Kurt Russell saga of God? Wouldn't it be great if uh, if 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 from a little China? You know, if Jack if Jack Burton, Jack, Jack Burton and Snake Plissken got together and they explained how they look at it. Uh, anyway, uh, this is with art by Diego Barreto. 
Uh, I think the way I'd write that is I would have Jack Burton time travel cross dimensions oh, I think you into have to. New York. And I'm looking forward, to, and, and it looks like from from the first page that this takes place at the last minute, at, right after the last minute of the first. Yeah, minute. it's definitely the last. Bit so of we it. can pretend that Escape from L.A. didn't happen, even though we know that Escape from L.A. is going to happen in real life. Yeah, uh, that. Uh, I like the artwork. I think Diego Barreto is Eduardo Barreto's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Eduardo was a DC artist in the 80s. And I just really, he looks like his dad's style, unless I'm totally full of it. And it's the same man who's changed his first name, like the Ernie Chua, Ernie Chan situation in the late 70s. Um, but it, it, it makes it feel like a like the right kind of comfortably nostalgic book for me. Now, I know at the same time, I was just, complaining about dynamite doing all these licensed things but this is a character there has been a further adventures of snake plissken image actually oh no cross gen published way back when yeah. uh, my friend uh bill o'neill wrote it and tone tony rodriguez uh did the art um and it was a four issue miniseries and it wasn't it, you know it wasn't bad but it was spinning off of escape from la at the time you know this is this is uh, spinning directly out of Escape from New York, and I think this, the the because there is a time gap between the two movies anyway. So. Yeah, I mean this is just just considered a, a you know a reboot there, and it's fine. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading this. And I and Boom is a studio that has uh, is a publisher that has bu- built a reputation of a lot of independent books of its own. So when they get into licensing, it's like oh, because they really do love the property. I'm sure that. Dynamite loves the properties they've got too. It's just, it's not their business plan. This is just an extra thing that Boom that Boom does. But their adaptations have all been good and interesting spins. So, that's it. Nate, what's your third book? Book number three is a book from last week. Superman thirty six. Mm-hmm. You guys caught up on this? I'm behind. Like two I didn't issues read on Superman, Superman. thirty six, but uh, go ahead. Let's just say that this uh, Neil character is, he is who we thought he was. You want to crown him? Go ahead and crown his ass. Neil? Yeah, what did we say? His real name, isn't it? Ulysses? Yeah, his real name was Neil, wasn't it? Yeah, his I think so. Was, yeah. 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 But he is yeah. who we thought he was? That's right. Who did we say he was? I don't remember being. I don't remember being part of the speculation. No, we did. I just don't remember it either. What did we no, say? No, in general, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> you guys don't watch sports. No, I don't. This is a sports ball reference. Uh, Rick Rick does watch sports. He's going yes. to see some sort of uh, sort of gladiatorial event today. No, I believe they're technically the 49ers, yes. Rick. <laughs> yes. See, I know sports. There you go. Um, <laughs> they're the San Francisco 49ers that play in Santa Clara. Uh, That's right. Well, because it just doesn't have the same ring to it, and there's too many licensing deals. Yeah. Um, do they sell sourdough bread bowls at the – Yes, the, they do. Then it's fine. Then it is the San Francisco 49ers, even if it's in Santa Clara. I should probably go to that Levi's Stadium. Um that is not, by the way, Zachary Levi's Stadium. No. Because there was no Indiegogo fund for it. No. Um, I was going to say, they should. They could have, uh, what's his little not Comic-Con, down at Comic-Con? Uh, Nerd HQ? Yeah. He could have Nerd HQ at his own stadium. Yeah. Yeah. No, he takes over Petco Park. 
Um, all right. So uh, next up in your stack. Well, my my next one is my second dynamite book for the month. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, for the week, and that is uh, Cullen Bunn and Larry Watts. Army of Darkness, Ash in Space. And I have to admit, the reason I picked this up is because the cover is an Ash homage to Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. number six, the Wally Wood uh, space-suited Nick Fury hanging out in uh, orbit while a planet explodes behind him, which which was uh, oddly enough reprised in Original Sin when we saw Nick in a spacesuit. Uh, mm-hmm. perched on an asteroid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's nothing really all that great about this but I read the book it's it's a typical army of darkness story you've got the deadites and oh, you've got there it is. you've got uh, the necronomicron you've got ash with uh with the chainsaw on his wrist and i guess this has been the thing if sam raimi and bruce campbell aren't directly involved yeah for me Every there are elements that they just repeat over and over. Every again. attempt to do uh, to do Army of Darkness in any other sh- or Evil Dead in any uh, I did not see the remake of Evil Dead, right? Uh, but uh, yet I plan to sometime when it's I'm watching in the morning when it's well lit uh, because I hear it's scary as I'll get out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just lacking that certain snap. And there there is one scene in here that. Where he is trying to, there's actually a pl- part of the plot is that uh, the Deadites come out when someone st- starts messing with the Necronomicon, right? Yes. And in space, of course, they're doing something with a computer and the Necronomicon, and Ash has to try and get the computer to stop. And so, much in the same way as uh, of uh, what was the phrase that he had to remember, Gord? Clatu Baratunictu. Yeah, Clatu Baratunictu. He's going. If it was up to Rick, we'd be overrun by deadites now. What's what's? <laughs> no, he's going. He's what's the reset? Control Alt Escape Backspace End. It's it's reminiscent of that yes. that same yes. that same business. So they're they're hitting on all the all the notes of the movie, and he cuts off his right hand and replaces it with a Commodore sixty four. Not far off. Not far off at all. <laughs> See, give me a job. Anybody, I'll yeah. I'll write something. You can write mediocre comics. Oh, Wait, sorry. now that hurt. Uh, <laughs> no, you you're more than qualified. <laughs> oh, to write oh, I mean, mediocre. I can. Don't you get? Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm going to bring up because I've been kind of enjoying it, and I think you picked the first issue uh, of Guardians Three Thousand. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, issue number three came out today, and the cover, speaking of homage, is actually from Star Lord's. Uh, second appearance on the cover of Marvel Premiere. Um, the oversized. The oversized one. Uh, yeah. Black and white inside. Black and white. And and uh, so, which was a, what was that? The guy we were talking about the, just a few weeks ago that it was at DotCon you met. Um, Bob Larkin. Yeah. I think it was a Bob Larkin painting originally. And I don't know that this is, I can't, they've put the red band on the bottom before you can see the signature. Um, let me see if maybe the co- there's a credit that'll say the cover. But, um do, 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 do. It's oh, it's Alex Ross paying homage to Bob Larkin, yeah, which is nice. Uh, so it's but, a nice cover, very. But but in that original, it was just Star Lord firing on a spaceship, and now it's Star Lord firing over the heads of the, uh, Guardians, Guardians three thousand. Uh, so I've actually enjoyed, despite the fact that um, I thought the timing was interesting. That essentially, it's sort of the Marvel version of "All You Need Is Kill," better known as "Edge of Tomorrow," better known as 
uh, live, die, repeat. Uh, in cinema, the Tom Cruise movie, where basically there's a character who is recognizing that time is resetting. It's so, oh, okay, it's the Marvel Groundhog Day yeah. with superheroes. It's Groundhog Day set a thousand years in the future. Um, it's uh, by Dan Abnett, who was the guy with Andy Lanning, who really brought the Guardians of the Galaxy that we know in the film uh, into prominence in the Marvel Universe. And, and he just, they, he and, and Andy Lanning, though they don't work together anymore, they were masters of space opera in comics. And so it's, it's really been an enjoyable take on those original Guardians of the Galaxy, even though they're not the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. So I'd say definitely be giving this book a try. There's interesting kind of weird, I'm just flipping through and noticing interesting ad placement there's a Charles Atlas ad. There is a Charles Atlas ad with in most no, of the Marvels this month. With no sense of irony. No. Um, I, I, I looked at it and I go, wait, I'm not, where's the joke? And I go, no, this is no, a straight up no Charles joke. Atlas ad. And then uh, I'd say this is the way to totally announce your presence uh, in, in the, uh, as a comic book store. Put a take out a full page ad in Marvel, Maximum Comics. Yeah. Um, which is. Uh, Tell me when the 702, the, the the big flaw in this ad. It doesn't say what state it's it in. It doesn't say what state it's, state it's in. Uh, but Maximum Comics has three stores. Does it give a URL for them, though? Yes, it does. www.maximum. But I want to know. I know. Uh, I don't want to go to the URL. I believe when I have. It's in Nevada. A hard copy. But you're more likely to use the URL than you are to go to Nevada. Las Vegas. Uh, is it Las Vegas? That's yep. what uh, 702 cool. includes Las Vegas. I've a lot of the comic stores in Las Vegas. I don't remember that one. Maybe it's new. Yeah, I mean, but the question is really, if you advertise, I, I wonder, you know, if you advertise in a Marvel comic, how much extra business does that get you if you don't actually live there? Well, that's why I was saying, do they have a URL? Because yeah. if, you, if, if you impress them and they use your URL and you're doing some kind of service or well speaking of dan abner then there's an ad in the back that mentions that the graphic audio series is uh wow has uh, dramatized the steel the galaxy rocket raccoon and groot novel that he wrote which we talked about a few uh cool. couple months ago so anyway good week for comics yeah yeah it's a quality week it wasn't all that heavy either no i kept within my budget i was yeah. very happy um there were a couple books that i almost picked up uh, you know, like trades that I was thinking, of, no, I'm not going to blow my budget. Like I promised, uh, you know, after the first week, we did not do the uh, Futures End support group anymore, resisting, uh, because I bought the first two issues and my son wanted to know what happened next. And I promised him, I said, when they buy the the collections, I'll buy the collections. Yeah. Well, so the first collection came out today. It was 40 bucks for a starting. It's like, DC, wow. take a page from uh, from Image Wait till we actually love the series before you release the forty dollar <laughs> volume of it. You know, it's like give me a ten buck one, give me a taste for ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's get six issues together or something. Instead, I you know it's probably like three months worth. Um, and I've only got so much room on my bookshelf. In fact, right now I don't have any room on my bookshelf. No. So I passed it up this week, but I'll probably be picking it up later. I mean, because that's the way I want to do it. These weeklies, let me just read. It's like Batman Eternal. Um, although I've been buying that is, is you know, I, I want to read it in a big, you know, in, in a big, but that one's going to be ongoing now. Still weekly. I, I don't know if I can carry on. Yeah. I may have to wait for the volumes, uh, you know, just because the, the, it's killing the budget. Um, and you know, so, so good. 
good, though. I know. All right. So let's talk about movies, shall we? And and what things we we love in the nerd nerd world. I like movies. Tomorrow news. I like totals. You like what? Totals. Totals. Turtles. Turtles. Turtle. I like turtles. turtles. I'm here to burgle your turtle. Sorry. Did anybody. You're going to burgle my turtle? <laughs> burgle? We're here to burgle <laughs> your turts. Did anybody watch? I know it's jumping ahead, to, but Cartoon Network ran this in October miniseries called, or in early November called Over the Garden Wall. I saw the last episode of that. Absolutely. When, the, when it comes back on on demand, yeah. you. Of all the friends I know, I loved that. Would really now you know how it ends and everything, yeah. but the setup is so beautiful. No, it, it was it was amazing. I I I, I and I believe Boom uh, Kaboom did a a, a one shot adaptation, which I really need to find. I tell you, I was I keep forgetting. To I look. just I was tuning in. I tuned in this thing. I thought this looks really interesting. And I like about five minutes ago, I, go, I should shut this off and find out what it is and watch it from the beginning, and I couldn't turn it off. Luke and I saw like a you know one of those before the movie things at AMC. This is like you know oh, we're showing this behind the scenes at Over the Garden Wall, and I said. And the weird thing is, Jack Jones, who sang the Love Boat theme as my mom's favorite singer, who I had believed was dead, is actually the frog in it and sings and does it. You know they have a thing with this singing frog running through this thing. Um, it's a show that is very much as much for like the nostalgia of people that get what it's doing because it looks right. like an old time silly symphonies. Yes, you know it's just colorized and, and modern animation technique, but the style is very um, really really good thing good stuff. So I highly recommend when you find it. But but there is a, a moment in there uh, notable also because it's for it's Tim Curry's first voiceover job since he uh, suffered a stroke last year. So, uh, you know, it's proof that he could recover, that he's recovered. I'm so, I was so relieved. But, uh, but, uh, anyway, there was a line where a, the childlike character, uh, or the younger brother, his stepbrother says that, you know, Elijah Woods, the older brother going, you know, don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't reveal. And, and he, this kid she turns around and goes, we're here to burgle your turts. Cause there's these black turtles that run through the whole episode. And, it has become the little catchphrase between my son and myself to just go, I'm here to burger your turts. Because he giggled so damn. Because it's one of those phrases that sounds dirty but isn't at all. <laughs> so. it's, it, the, the art style is is very, very the big eyes part is popping. It's like it's almost like, like a Fleischer. It's like or, a, but it's like a Fleischer Brothers. Right, yeah, yeah. It's the same. I mean, it's basically the same kind of animation styles and art and and claymation they were using in that time period, but it also has a there manga no claymation there. That's not what you're, I mean. Well, uh, the, what was the rotoscoping? No, it wasn't the wooden. They used wooden bits and stuff. Um, and it, it was George Powell did them. Um, Puppetoons. Yeah, no, but, but it's, no, it's, it's older than that because there's nothing 3D about it. it it's just, no, it, I'm it, just if saying you, if you watch the old Fleischer stuff, the silent Fleischer stuff yeah. and Disney's early stuff, that's where I felt, and yet it also had that kind of adventure time feel yes. in a weird way. No, it, it, I think it hits on all cylinders. I, the, the, and even the, uh, uh, the there's the childlike humor to it, and then then there's the the timing and. Everything uh, but it was, if you saw that last episode, it was very deep, and, yes. and Luke uh, kind of walked away and said, "And we, you know, it's one of those. I love a show where we can sit there and we powered through every episode, you know, and um, and, and he." Uh, and when we can have a discussion about actually 
the deeper meaning in the sense of what is real, mm-hmm. what is the mythology, and you know what are we supposed to take away from it. I, it was just you know it was fascinating, and I know not everybody, not every ten year old is going to take it the way you know my son does because he's ready to start a religion. Uh, he doesn't know that yet, but you know he he's definitely very philosophical for a for a little kid. You know, he's not that little anymore, but you know. The Book of Luke. The shh, there already is one. Oh. Uh, it's called the Gospel the according to Luke. Luke. That's why he's named Lou. Okay, it's not because of Luke Skywalker. But uh, uh, no, keep it's telling everyone. it's not. Look, I'm happy with the Star Wars explanation, but uh, but it's just, it's just not true. But uh, you know, it 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 it, it is a, a surprisingly deep show. But you can walk away just going, "Oh, it was just interesting." But it really was deep. So, and it had Christopher Lloyd and. Uh, the villain is an like a I didn't know an opera singer, a very well known right. opera singer doing cartoon voiceover. So the people they got was just really eclectic, cool, cool people that were just right for the roles, you know. So fascinating stuff. Uh, and Shirley Jones is in there as well. So anything that it brings Mrs. Partridge in, it's actually ten as episodes. a blue board. Yeah, it, it, there it was shown over five nights. So it's it was a ten part miniseries. Yeah, and but they showed two episodes a night. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's get back to movies because I was going to say tomorrow news that we're not responsible for other than saying, woohoo, by the time you hear this, Bond 24 will be announced. Do we have a title yet? Or is That's this what the, they'll announce. They'll call it Bond 24. Okay. Uh, hmm. Do we have any speculations as to what Cheaper they- Cheaper by the two uh, dozens? Uh, uh, sky, still sky fallen. Sky picking it up and putting back up. <laughs> yeah, uh. Sky standing, um, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I, 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 you know what? I would like to I actually. I, I misheard something, and I thought when I in the, in my mistakenness, I thought I could go for that, and that was screwborn. No, it okay. was on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I think you could. You, I mean, they, no, I don't want that. Uh, they already did Casino Royale, right? So. But see, but the, there was never a Casino Royale in the standard Bond series, right? I right know. in the canon. So, uh, yeah, that's and I would still, I would rather, I would it, like them to tell the story, call it Icebreaker, call mm. it one of John Gardner's novel. I mean, yeah. they, they should have the right, and, and I think there are still a few. I, I think Skyfall was the first one that didn't have a a f- direct Fleming connection. Um, I'm not, right. I'm not positive of that. Um, but I, I think so. And so, uh, you know, I... Because I, Quantum of Souls was the name of a short story. Yes. Yeah. The Living Daylights was the name of a short right. story. Um, even, you know, GoldenEye was his uh, resort, his resort. Was, it, was, yeah. was his uh, retreat was in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so called The British Guide to Birds. Uh, that would be good. Smugglers. No, you know, that's that's where James Bond's name is from. The right, but Diamond Smugglers was a Fleming story. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say I know none of it's it's not exciting. Shooty shooty bang bang. No. Oh, okay. Shooty shooty bang bang. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) or just go turt burglars. (laughs) Turt burglars, or call them what the Japanese do, Mister Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Bang bang. Uh, And as long as you throw that Mister in there, there's no confusion with that Shane Black movie. Uh, so uh, we don't know. What we do know is Christoph Waltz is the villain. Um, we also know that Stephen Hawking this week has said he would like to be a Bond villain. Yes. Because let's face it, he He'd may be very perfect. well be actually, and that may be his way of like, this is step one in my admitting it to the world. Yes. <laughs> you know, all my theories have led to I control you all. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so. 
a, a that was my hi- attempt to be a short tasteful impersonation. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I, I look forward to because uh, I you know I love the Bond films. I'm so excited for twenty four. Yeah. Uh, which means the Marvel Cinematic Universe can go on forever. Yes. Because Bond has. Um, as uh, Nate also brought up, we all came to the same uh, realization today that uh, Fox Studios has announced, has released quietly, and yet, of course, none of us can be quiet about it, the actual synopsis for their Fantastic Four film, which is coming out August 8th, 2015. They're a barbershop quartet now. They are. Um, they're, they're doing, on tour they're doing uh, radioactive wasteland. That's, that, it's called Gamma Perfect. And uh, <laughs> so it's, sheesh, I, I, I couldn't make it work. Well, I, Cosmic Perfect. Anyway, it really does feel like it's a that as we'd kind of thought because of the youth of the characters, and I'm not saying it defends it because that's not the Fantastic Four I want to see. It wasn't their popular version. It, it is kind of like the ultimate Fantastic Four before everything went higgledy piggledy. That's the the from the Ultimates uh, series from the books. Ultimates universe that it's their young team of students who are just brilliant scientists and they go to an alternate they go to an alternate universe and the the that going to an the, alternate reality gives imbues them the powers passing of, between dimensions in, right instead right. of the cosmic rays so some people were saying oh is that the negative zone which i think actually was it was the in the ultimate universe that was their descriptor yeah, of the end zone. Uh, uh, the end zone. end zone yeah right so they're going to go to the end zone and come back go long <laughs> and that's here to prove that i do know about the sport ball ah, that's the end, end zone. zone enunciation rick come on <laughs> Um, you're the presentation MVP, which yeah. is, you know, okay. Anyway, um, so I, it still doesn't thrill me because nothing they've done. My favorite part, and I, and I tried to convince him seriously that I wanted him on the podcast today, Rob Worley from Comics to Film and who is a creator of a children's book I love called Scratch Nine. Uh, there, I've name checked that. Uh, that uh, he posted on Facebook today. It was funny because they, they had released the synopsis, and he posted that he had a dream last night that he was in the new Fantastic Four movie, and that in it the thing was like a huge Muppet, uh, <laughs> ca- uh controlled by two Oscar the Grouch like Muppets. I hope we're not misquoting it, but it was like it was a huge Muppet with two little Muppets in its mouth actually controlling it, like as if the thing was a suit or something larger, you know, like being driven through the head is the cockpit. Yeah. And a lot of the commentary from other friends on Facebook was like, well, it wouldn't be worse, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, than what Fox is doing. So, you know, I I don't know. And and they said when they come back with their powers that, you know, they're betrayed by a, by someone they considered a friend. So that's clearly Dr. Doom uh, or Doom or, Damn it! Why don't you just give us the characters the way we wanted them to be, uh, Victor Von? Damn it! Uh, so, anyway, uh, you know we'll see this. We'll know in August because they're bound to determine not to show us anything other than to go. Hmm, they're very coy. Yeah. Fox is turning like Doctor Evil. Like we'd like to make, and that's all you're going to make one million dollars. Okay, uh, with your Doctor Fantastic Four. So you're going to lose money. You're going to lose money. Um, we'll see. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, typo. Uh, and in the wrong place anyway, so I'm going to jump over. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has can, it, it's not a creature pilot. We'll have an episode of, of just mishearings and mistypings of things. Uh, I believe that's called a malapropism. Uh, anyway, that uh, Guillermo, actually it does make sense. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is famous for his creatures, uh, has indeed uh, turned in his script for, it's not called Justice League Dark, but uh but it is essentially that um uh for to Warner Brothers uh create a, a movie pi- script with uh, Swamp Thing, Spectre, Constantine, uh who know Black Orchid I'd heard rumors I would love it if Black Orchid was there. Uh you know basically the supernatural heroes coming together and uh that is going to he's turned it in and it has confirmed that it is indeed set in the same Shared universe with the rest of the DC movies, except for Shazam, uh, which, of course, then beyond that, we don't know anything. It's just that's that's the news that came out there. But the other news that that broke and we forgot to write down was that the cast of David Ayer's adaptation of Suicide Squad oh, yeah. has most of it has been announced uh, slash and confirmed. Big because, disappointment. Really? Why? There's no Gilbert Gottfried as the Joker. It wasn't going to happen. He's too busy doing Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, so, okay, I <laughs> just guest starred on Anger Management. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, good lord. Um, that show's still on. Oh yeah. Uh, of course it is because it had a hundred episode deal. Uh, anyway, that uh, that that uh, instead of Gilbert Gottfried, it is indeed Jared Leto. Which, okay, I'm I'm with it. I suspect, though I have no inside knowledge, that that the presence of the Joker. In Suicide Squad, where he has never been in the comics, is more uh, uh, tying it into the larger universe so that they can use. I, I would bet that he has a multi-picture deal uh, uh, that he will not be actively on the team. It's more because Harley Quinn is there. That's that uh, woman from Wolf of Wall Street, um, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. who is also Jane in the upcoming uh, Tarzan adaptation. Uh, that uh, I think the Joker's being set up there so that he can face down against Ben Affleck uh, at some point yeah. because they had said there's a there's going to be a Batman solo film and let's face it if you if you establish a very strong Joker someplace else people are going to be dying for that confrontation yeah even though we've seen a Joker confrontation twice in the movies before and it's going to be really hard to top. Heath Ledger, yeah. but you know, if they're going to go for a more superpowers oriented universe, I you know you I, don't have to, especially when they have this many characters in in the movie, you don't have to top Keith Ledger to have a decent story. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they have to. I'm, I'm saying it's just going to be a lesser thing so that you can right. have uh, you know intriguing. We want to see more of yes, this version yes. of the Joker someplace else. You also have Will Smith, and I lo- actually love this casting because it. To me, when they said that they were looking at Will Smith, I thought, oh, they're going to go for Bronze Tiger. No, they cast Will Smith as Floyd Lawton, as Deadshot. And I love that choice because it's the right kind of cockiness, the not kind of caring. Everything that I find sometimes annoying about Will Smith's personality Mm -hmm. can totally be played up and emphasized and be perfect for that character. So great casting there. Uh, Thomas Hardy, who Tom Hardy, we should say Thomas Hardy, that's the 19th century novelist. Tom Hardy will be uh, returning to the DC universe because, of course, he was infamously Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Ugh. He is going to be Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. I think is I think that's a great choice. Yeah. I didn't ex- talk like this. No, he will not. He'll have an American accent. Um, 
And I think that uh, I, I was not expecting Rick Flagg to be, I don't know why, in Suicide Squad mm-hmm. in the movie. And it's so great that they put him in there. Uh, the other actors are totally escaping me because they're not people that I necessarily knew. Um, but the, the characters are Boomerang, Enchantress, which had been in Ostrander's version. Yeah. Um, so there's they're going for a, straight up for a magic power. Uh, for a, for a superpower, sorceress, uh, you know, for, and uh, wait, now I'm blanking on who the third, the the sixth man is. Um, I don't know. Still rumors of Jesse Eisenberg coming in as Lex Luthor to tie it in. Maybe he's President Luthor. We don't we don't really know much about the plot. It's just you know there. Um, the interesting, and it is only said this person is not confirmed, but that they want. The top choice that Warner Brothers, who is Warner Brothers, is pursuing, and allegedly she is interested, because I, at first I went, that's a left field casting, and yet perfect for the character, the way we know her, not in the new Fifty Two version, but the way we Boomerang know her. Boomerang was the other person. I, I just say Boomerang. We should be Captain Boomerang, but I, that's going to change. I think it's going to be Captain Boomerang because Marvel's going to sue um, if they just call her Boomerang. Um, that uh, that they want Oprah Winfrey. To play Amanda Waller. And again. If they can get her. If they can get her. Great choice. Yep. And rumor is she's interested. Better now than it's the one matter. they had in. Uh, um, Green Lantern. And, yeah. Uh, who did Say they? hello to the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an explosive under your seat. Everybody gets one. <laughs> you get a bomb. And you get a bomb. Lex is here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's uh, it, it could be very interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I like the casting as announced so far, um, and uh, so we shall see. Um, the other uh, the big things of the course, universe. The uh, internet went crazy this week. The internet did did go crazy starting Friday morning at about six a.m. When uh, Disney released to the interwebs the teaser trailer, 88 seconds, 88 glorious seconds, 44 seconds of which were taken up by blackouts, uh, yeah. which was when I, I stopped and breathing credits. and lost, uh, you know, and, and, and lost all uh, vision. Uh, the Star Wars, The Force Awakens teaser trailer. I mean, I love that the whole day is. Andy Serkis doing his best Benedict Cumberbatch impersonation. And, and nobody knowing it was uh, – I had – there were people who were swearing it was Max von Sydow. You know, well, because first it was like, oh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And I went, well, Max von C- – it did not sound like Max von Sydow to me at all. But it was like people going, well, he's cast, so it's got to be Max von Sydow. Some Cito of our friends were – After they've said Benedict Cumberbatch couldn't be in it. And then finally they really – it's Andy Serkis. Who we knew was in the film, but, yeah. you know, good Lord, that guy's just bouncing from yep. fantastic. Uh, you know, so, yes, uh, the trailer, the teaser was out. We didn't see much. We couldn't know anything. Um, caused controversy because America is racist. Uh, no, the Internet is yes. racist. You're going to have a bunch of fanboys scrambling to redo their Stormtrooper costumes with the little bits of detail. Uh, Redesigned helmets? Redesigned helmets. And the one thing I haven't seen anybody comment on is that the black uh, neoprene that's between the white shells and stuff is textured. 
in a, kind of an interesting set of lines in a high def way. Well, yeah. I would hope that over thirty years they figured out how to make a more comfortable, especially according uniform. to uh, you know to George Lucas. Basically, a lot of technology got devolved uh, from the once the empire, empire yeah. once the emperor took place. You know, because clearly, if you look at four, five, six, man, it's not nearly as shiny as one, two, three, right. Well, they're they're not and doing R and D; they're doing a and war. yet metaphorically much shinier. Yeah. Uh, so uh, seven is uh, delightful. What I really loved about it was it was no shot other than the Millennium Falcon itself as a ship and Lego kit uh, <laughs> appearing, uh, taking down Tie Fighters on a desert planet. So. You know, perhaps Tatooine, or maybe there are other desert planets. It's just, it's a Star Wars. There's many other. It's a galaxy. It's, Tatooine. it's a boy, a girl, and a galaxy, we right? And that's what we saw: a boy, a girl, and a galaxy. Yep. And not really that many aliens. A girl riding a fudgicle. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's back away. Sometimes I just, sometimes I feel like I like you should run some of these things past me before you say them. Uh, it, yet you're the moral compass. I don't know how that it happens. It looks like a sideways fudge. Or a tractor. Or a hollow tractor. Yeah. A hover tractor. It's too but, fast for a tractor. <laughs> well, sure. You never... My grandfather... That's no tractor. My grandfather... That's no tractor. To, I'm running out of steam on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, the, there were none of the original cast, which is everybody excited about, which is a way to say... Look, you know, they're there. Your favorites will be there. They'll be crucial. If if the rumors we hear are true, you know, we know, obviously, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill are all going to be crucial to it. But it is about setting up new characters and a new, if you will, expanded universe. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, was a, that was brilliantly played. And, uh, we, and we don't know who that dark Jedi is with that interesting lightsaber with the hilt. Um, which again, Stephen Colbert took down when people are going, yeah, it's a, it's an impractical design. Colbert's take down on the Colbert, Colbert reminded report. everyone that he's two weeks ahead <laughs> of us. <laughs> it's like, I beg to differ. He didn't know what it was, but because some of us had the Marvel comic three months before the movie opened, we're still on top of it for him. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'd read the book before it too. My friend Trey Nichols had, I did not. I waited, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't read the novelization till about four months after it mm. came out because in my day we just went to the movies again and again and again. Uh, so that's what I'll be doing. That's what you'll be doing. All right. So uh, Mar- be- uh, Disney did announce that uh, the full trailer, the one that will give us more tantalizing hints about actual plot, the one that'll only be in theaters. Well, no, the, well, no it won't only be in theaters. Please, it'll be leaked on an Agents of Shield. No, uh, it'll be at the Age of Ultron uh, when it opens in May. So for now, we just have to watch those glorious eighty-eight seconds over and over so and over. Was this Can trailer? We, in, was this trailer in any theaters this this uh, yes. Thanksgiving? Yes. What what movie was it accompanying? It was supposed to accompany everything, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was only thirty theaters or yeah. so across the country. I never heard of reports from the theaters. Uh, no, actually, one of uh, my Facebook friends. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was Kurt Cushion who does a great comic called Ozopolis. Uh, quote uh, posted a photo. He was in line at El Capitan, which is a Disney theater in Hollywood. Uh, at 6 a.m., and he and Kevin Smith were both in line awesome. uh, to uh, see the trailer. The, the trailer in the theater. So um, I'm, At 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 o'clock in the morning. So it might have been Big Hero 6 Nerds. for all I know. Yeah. 
It was not at the screening of Big Hero Six that I that I saw on Friday. Um, now, oh my God, I can't believe that that's a movie that uh, I've seen Big Hero Six more than I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Really, I must correct that. I know wow. it's just been it's just been coincidence that I. I've you know I've gone three times and I and I never got to I only got to Guardians twice, but it comes out on DVD this week, so next week next damn it, it came out on that stupid streaming high def digital yeah, download thing. Yeah, that really thing. confused me because I think it comes out on the ninth. Yeah, it comes out on the ninth. People posted pictures of the DVD case and I was like, oh, it's out already. So I was like, I'm gonna go to Best Buy and I realized it doesn't come out until the ninth. I'm bitter. I'm I'm tired of that. I want I want Can, my DVDs first. Can we just clarify for the listening public, because I've heard a lot of complaints about the teaser not showing enough. It's, it's, it's a called teaser. a teaser. teaser. The like... teaser for Age of Ultron was a helmet. This was infinitely more than showing a helmet. Yeah. It's like people but it's who a say, teaser. the amuse-bouche just didn't fill me up. Well, again, look back to the 1977 trailer. and I mean, I think, one... It's the mystery box that, oh, J.J. Abrams does love, setting up that mystery box. Mm -hmm. But if you think back to the horrible lies that the first trailer for the first Star Wars showed, uh, told, you know, is that it was, you know, a boy, a girl, and a galaxy, and, a galaxy, and aliens from a thousand worlds. And, and that one, it didn't matter what they showed because, like, as I've said before on the podcast and 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 written on on the website fanboyplanet.com that you look at that trailer and it's like we didn't know what the hell anything was right. and the story in my head was so so different from what that story actually was that you know it, it, it's like that's restoring the mystery of you know we used to not get it all we used to just have to go like oh, i wonder what that's about the other trailer that dropped that some people got very excited about was Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, so I only throw that out there because we want to get uh, other listenership. Um, and there's magic involved because there's a magician in the uh, in the group. Uh, so uh, it does look uh, somewhat amusing. And uh, I thought I read the Entertainment Weekly thing. My favorite part about it was that... Uh, that they uh, made the Germans the villains and in the original script made it really harsh and then realized that Pitch Perfect is as popular in Germany as it is in the United States, so they have to back away from making the Germans the villain. So I think they're going to make it South Africans. Um, who, who who our villains get to be now? Aliens. That's never going to work in a in an acapella contest. The, they're usually aliens or they're corporate people or they're jocks. Now I think we've taken care of all that. Now uh, yeah. so I don't know, but anyway, it'll be I, it's a huge surprise hit, and, and proof, by the way, that again is one of those things that apparently theatrically did not do do too well. Nah, yeah, yeah blew my turn. Pitch perfect, pitch perfect. They were either. Uh, no, it, it's one. Of, it was going to say was it, it is one of those things that um, it did not do necessarily well theatrically. It's DVD and rewatchability on on demand and so forth. Uh, made so much money that they felt yes, it was worth funding a sequel, which is true. It, 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 among a certain demographic, um, if you if you mention Pitch Perfect, there are people that absolutely, absolutely love love that film. So it had developed cult status again, and in this and in this culture, it's enough. You know, the the movie biz is changing, and that's the thing. 
that that is there, like, which holds has me holding out hope for a Judge Dredd sequel. Same reason, you know, that Judge Dredd didn't do well theatric or Dredd didn't do well theatrically, but they keep talking about. I they think they're going to make it didn't do well theatrically, but I found it a very engaging use of the no, 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 but but everybody who's now watched it. DVD Outdoors, sales were yeah. great, and, and you know, yeah. it's like suddenly people are going, "Oh, it was a really good movie." So, you know, it is quite possible that uh, that we'll see that, and we'll see more movies, more franchises working that way. Of course, that you know, the flip side was that was the the justification for doing Kick Ass too. Did not do as well theatrically, but did great on DVD. Uh, Kick Ass did, and then Kick Ass Two has sort of not worked. But that's all, you know. That's just depending on, on outside forces. So sequels, sequels. Um, let's go. Oh, I hate when you do this. Let's talk about TV because they don't have sequels. They just have more and more episodes. They have prequels. You hate when I do what? No, no, no. Not you. It's, it's Evernote did oh. a thing where it was like it's, it's edited and it was covering up a ver- and it wouldn't let me scroll up uh, to I like see. you know. So anyway. Yes. Uh, of course, Marvel's. Uh, sorry, Marvel. ABC has been pushing very heavily. Agent Carter. Coming at the, as the mid-season replacement as did we hit was last night the season the mid-season no, finale next week. Next week, this. week. Yeah. Okay, I I did not still, watch. We last still night. got a couple of weeks before the Christmas holidays. Although I did read online a speculation piece uh, of an Easter egg in last night's episode. I haven't watched it yet, but um, that I will just say that unfortunately I didn't give my speculation to you guys. Lon and I were talking about it, and if that Easter egg is is what people think it is. I totally identified who Kyle McLaughlin's character is supposed to be. Huh. So I have watched so last episode. So we both episode. watched it. So what is the what okay. is the Easter egg? My belief, my belief is that um Kyle McLaughlin was not in last night's episode. No, but I believe he's Mr. Hyde. Oh, interesting. He's Dr. been called Jekyll the doctor Hands. and he has super he's prone to rages and has super strength when he's raging. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the the Easter egg was that apparently at some point last night Sky sings or they play uh, for her the song Bicycle Built for Two. This is deep. Ready? Oh, my God. And it's Daisy, Daisy, and that's the name of Mr. Hyde's daughter in the comics. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow. So, anyway, that if her real name is Daisy, because he did say she's not Sky. I can't remember who he said. Right. Her, if, if he said what he her, hasn't said what her name he is, he just yeah. said that's not her name. So if that's true, then uh, then I am I am right. But I said I realized I only said that to Lon. Like Lon and I had this big long phone conversation about who do you think he is, and I was like, yeah, not like who does he think he is, but uh, <laughs> but you know who is he supposed to be? And I was like, ah, he's Mr. Hyde because it's the only one character that makes sense, even though Mr. Hyde's not an inhuman, uh, you know, it's chemical, but. Right. But that's fine. But that's fine. You know, they're changing it. Yeah. Right? We we know that. Um, so, anyway. Uh, so, uh, anyway, Agent Carter has been pushed very hard. We we are getting very excited about that. She's done some great flashbacks. And what was our question so far is, do we get to see the Howling Commandos? Yeah. And I realize some of my confusion is, um, <laughs> uh, my son has been playing my old copy of the Captain America uh, video game. That came out with the first event, uh, the first Avenger video game, which is essentially the Marvel version of Arkham Asylum set in World World, World War Two. I'll be right uh, back. What? Oh, hey, Nate will be back. Back. 
and Howling Commandos are very much present throughout that. And I realize I may have just seen, been seeing Dum Dum over the weekend, like <laughs> showing up on my my TV screen. Because no, I say, I've seen a lot of stills with Agent Carter in World War Two ga- garb with uh, with Dum Dum and uh, okay, good Howard's. because uh, and we know Howard Stark's in there. I, I'm very much looking forward to that uh, eight episode uh, series, of course. Uh, last night also began another crossover, which is the Flash Arrow crossover. Flash V Arrow. Flash V, because we can't say versus anymore. Everything's V. Um, yeah. Uh, so Flash V Arrow began last night. I did not watch that episode, but already Stephen Amell, who plays Arrow, Oliver Queen, has said, uh, and, and uh, Rick and I were talking about it before Nate could come in tonight, uh, about how again Stephen Amell is like is is DC's Robert Downey Jr. and they just did not know it which is good I mean you had to find it organically they tried to push Ryan Reynolds you needed to have the person who legitimately loves the character he's playing loves the character he's playing I mean not that Ryan Reynolds didn't but you know everybody knew Ryan Reynolds should be Deadpool so he's gonna be you know and and Stephen Amell loves being Arrow and loves being and apparently very big on social media live tweeting shows which actually I'm like almost all the DC act, TV actors are doing which I mean you know Clark Gregg does too if you, if you know yep. that on Facebook yeah. and and Twitter man he is live tweeting every show and he is so every thankful episode. to everybody for oh his, man he's fantastic yeah. um so in fact he also <laughs> tweeted last week that he wants to do a shield castle crossover because he's like he had a picture of him Nathan Fillion headlocking him and he's like wouldn't it be great if you know so uh, that'd be awesome. But Amel <laughs> Castle's in there. He's going to write a story about being an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Amel uh, says, you know, he wants to cross over with the other DC TV series. Yeah. Which we've already said, like, you know, CBS is the one getting Supergirl. And they're looking at somebody from the Vampire Diaries, uh, an actress I don't know, to play to play uh, Supergirl. Um, but even though that's going to be a CBS show... Great producer Greg Berlanti has said that can cross over with Flash and Green Arrow, and Arrow, the Arrow that is green. Yeah. Um, and um, so, the, so and Berlanti, just for our audience, is well, he wrote the Green Lantern film, uh, or actually, now he says they took my script away and did some things, which I kind of believe. Uh, I'll go with that. But he is the guy who who basically he st- he uh, wrote. Uh, it was the show he created, um, Everwood, for CW years ago, and now uh, is did Arrow, and is, so he's show running both Arrow and The Flash, and now is stepping in to do uh, Supergirl, with Jeff Johns, of course, also being uh-huh. very active, and uh, but Amel wants to do uh, wants to, wants Arrow to cross over with Constantine, and and Gotham, even though Gotham is sort of set earlier yeah you know but 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 to make it solid which i think is great you know i think you could have a total flashback episode where like oliver queen stumbles across some case that maybe jim gordon left uh, uh you know unopened. Oh, that'd be interesting yeah, so yeah. you tell it in two different time zones yeah time, i think you'd have to frames. i think you'd have to yeah um and which people think believe had already subtly happened with a doll maker um that there's a doll maker on arrow and there's a doll maker on gotham so why not just go ahead and connect yeah. the two uh but i'd love to see a crossover with constantine who is another one by the way you know and i want to follow up because last week we'd said you know that it's gone to 13 episodes 
But uh, Daniel Cerrone, who is the uh, creator and showrunner of, of, of Constantine, has said, look, NBC really loves the show, so keep up with those hashtags of Save Constantine, which is a show getting better and better each week. They're just They're just bending over backwards to cover up network interference, which I think when we're sitting here at this table, people like us get that that's what they're doing. Yeah. The average viewer probably isn't seeing that. I'm probably more sensitive to other things. We get it in the in the characterization. But on the Thanksgiving Day parade, NBC flew out uh, the two uh, the two leads of Constantine to uh, to, to be announce. interviewed. Yeah. They, they didn't weren't announced. They were okay. just like uh, whoever hosts it. Uh, Matt Lauer kind of was like, I'm here with the stars of Constantine, and they were you know so. Uh, you know, clearly NBC's still packing a punt, you know, trying to push it almost as hard as Peter Pan live. Uh, so God help us. Uh, I stumbled across the making of like it uh, Saturday night. I was watching this, the Chris Rock rerun of Saturday Night Live. And then after I fell asleep in the chair and woke up and they were showing it at one o'clock in the morning. So yeah. I, I watched some of it and it's like, hey, you know, I think it's going to I love the show. Allison Williams can sing. Yeah, uh, you know Christopher Walken's gonna make at least a memorable Captain Hook. I don't know, you know, what it's gonna be. No, he's gonna dance like crazy because he is a dancer. It'll be interesting to hear him sing. They didn't really, I didn't see anything where he was singing, but you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, you know, I would love to see all the TV shows, a you know, all the crossover the because crossovers, because yeah. what happened last night, and I, Rick and I again we're talking about this is you know uh, ABC counter programmed the Flash crossover with. Uh, Toy Story that time forgot. I don't know how that did in the ratings, but the preliminary report last uh, from last night is that that uh, Flash's ratings went up because of the heavy push on the crossover with Arrow, and Agent of Shields ratings went up. So I think what's happening is viewers are going eight o'clock Flash, nine o'clock Shield. Yeah. I got a superhero night. I get a little DC. I get a little Marvel. And I think it's it's funny because I don't think they pushed. Agents of Shield that much? No, because the ratings had gone down really. So hard. it's it's one of those things where they're getting they're getting a draft from a from a, another network's show. Well, I think another theirs. I think another thing is happening it, it, for Shield right now, which is that people are even seeing because CNN starts running all the. I look on CNN and they've got these like I see things that should be on Fanboy Planet or Comic Book Resources showing up on CNN, and one of the things was is the push where it has become clear that Adelan is the the city to anybody who knows comics, which means Marvel is going to, even they're making an Inhumans movie, but they're launching who the Inhumans are on that right, show. Right. Suddenly everything ma- Everything lines up. It's the creed. Everything matters again. And what I think hurt, we've said this before, what hurt S.H.I.E.L.D. originally was it didn't feel like it mattered. You get the dregs of, there's an Asgardian. Oh, he's a berserker. Oh, he's Peter McNichol. And now he's gone. <laughs> and we'll never talk about him again. And then Sif showed up. It's like, oh, cool, but it's, you know, but it's not necessarily tied into right. Thor. Once the Winter Soldier tie-in happened, and it was absolutely, you know, yeah. why don't we, we haven't seen Deathlock yet, uh, you know, come back. So, um, or have we? Did I miss something last no, night? We no. saw we, we saw enough of Deathlock for a while. I think you let him go away for a while, and he'll come back, and you know, that'll be so interesting. I so I think, but that's the thing is that Shield now matters, but enough people yeah. had 
turned away from it originally and now season one's on netflix and people are as i've heard uh you know uh, my friend uh lewis stone cologne said he criticized me for saying the first half was boring but if you if you power through it the way people do on netflix you know like three days to watch an entire season it stands up better, and so I think a lot of people are doing that. That's been a very big success for Netflix. I think I think their their characterizations have been better, and the new characters they've added to it have been better. I like Bobby them. Morse is a great character. Uh, Nate, yes. How many Koenig brothers are there? <laughs> Infinity, because they're LMDs. <laughs> we don't know that yet, but there's at least two. There were there were, there were three. There's Thirteen. There were three. <laughs> There were three. We know there were the, there were at least three. The dead one. One got and shot. The two that's still oh, there. so they're triplets. And you can tell you can tell the difference because one's shorter than the other. But they <laughs> no, both they say both it's said... the other one. <laughs> uh, okay, don't spoil too much because now. Okay, good. If we can, if I ah, oh, it's late. Okay, we gotta f- finish that was, up right now. Um, those scenes were great. That was funny. That was a good episode last night. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing that broke as we were getting ready is that it announced that AMC has indeed ordered a pilot we had covered months ago that they were looking to develop Preacher, the Vertigo series. Uh, Seth Rogen and his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were kind of created, developed the series, shepherded along, and now it's been ordered to pilot. So no word on casting yet, but that's a series... I would be a nice, though unrelated, uh, nice companion piece to Walking Dead. Not to be confused with the Walking Dead spinoff, which will also be a companion piece to the Walking Dead. And they Dead. just cast a couple people there, didn't they? They did, but they're not people we know. Which actually, you know, yeah, I exactly. Think, I think that's the right way to go. And think about the, you know the Walking Dead originally when they announced that cast. There wasn't really there weren't really people particularly well known in America. In you know, um, and I think. I was thinking about it is that that's a better way to go by by giving people we don't know we accept the characters first instead of thinking that they're actors you know slumming yeah. it that are you know not in, that are in danger um, then, you know it lessens the danger somehow if we knew who they are outside uh, of, of the show so as opposed to now how famous Daryl Dixon has gotten um, I I wanted to talk to Nate Nate and I both have watched the season ender for Walking Dead. Or is it a mid-season? Ender? It's mid-season the, the, winter, ender. the winter finale. The winter finale, um, which I thought was nicely. I don't. I haven't heard anyone comment on this. I think this this set of episodes was nicely bookended because you started off with the the um, terminus, the land of the cannibals, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a society that worked basically because it preyed on the on on the people who they tricked into. Or maybe they had some join, but mostly they were feeding themselves. And it ended with the hospital group, which was incredibly orderly, Uh but still flawed and base and bad. Mm -hmm. And you have Rick, who really now, I think... Rick is Rick has come through his fire of having been insane and having been um, so broken by things to just be he is the ultimate survivor and protector for that group and i think that was shown so strongly in that episode last night i i thought that that was this this set of episodes especially 
the way they broke a couple of characters off and did focus on them, especially... Right, they used up three or four episodes and really told the same hour story yeah. for the same timeline for each episode, so you weren't losing... And really had impactful conclusions in each one of them, too. Um, yeah. I think this 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 group has probably been if not the best since the first season uh yeah, the best for me i agree all right excellent so. excellent um you know i did want to throw a little video game thing in and because we don't really have any right? there was a picture today of retro girl from powers and it just it's michelle forbes it looks very different uh was it going to play on the PS Network, right? PSN is where Powers oh, is going to be. Okay. It's not going to be on commercial television again. So it's like the moving to that subscription based thing. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted the... to mark, uh, you know, that today uh, or, or yesterday on uh, for video games, Kingdom Hearts two point five uh, was the remix was released, and they're promising a three. Okay, so uh, which may the the rumor is. Well, now they can bring uh, the characters with Star Wars and Marvel into Kingdom Hearts, which yeah. would be interesting. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I did see today that Sony announced there's going to be a special edition PS4 that is designed to look like the PS1. It's, you know, when I saw that and I, they showed a PS1 and I thought, that looks awesome. And I went, oh, wait a minute. That's the PS1 and the thing next to it that just uses the same <laughs> colors. platinum color scheme. That's what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, that's okay. But I, if they had actually jammed it into plastics that looked like a PS2 oh, or PS1, PS1 yeah. I would have. That would have been really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, so at this point, we'll, we'll wrap it up and say, of course, uh, you know, go back to the beginning to listen to all our iTunes and Stitcher and, and Amazon and PayPal stuff. Uh, but if you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, we will be having, uh, Nate, is it confirmed we do have a special guest next week? We don't have to say who it is. No, it's not confirmed. Okay. There's still a question. And that special guest has an event until seven immediately prior to so i don't know we'll see the email has been sent okay we'll see we hope we we're trying to line up a special guest uh for next week we shall see and if we if we get that person it'll be huge and uh but we will definitely will be recording on the 10th so um at any rate until next time and beyond i'm Derek mccaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com I'm Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
So they've dark willow. So preacher script ordered. Yes. Oh, a uh, pilot ordered. Pilot. Pilot. It's gone to pilot. They also released a picture today of Michelle Forbes as Retro Girl for the Powers pilot. Oh. Does not look does not look good for Powers if you're a fan of the comic. I think it's really just going to be a cop show with superheroes involved. It's going to be a lot more generic, I think, than we... Which is... Yeah, I, I would like it because we really kind of have that formula already in both Arrow and Flash. Yeah. Because each one of them has main characters that are in the police service. Right. And then Gotham, too. You know? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, still there. Yeah, yeah we're here. We're here. Look. We're hearing a lot in the background. You're, we're trying to figure out what it is. Oh, I know what it is. What is it? It's his mother-in-law. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is no mystery. Okay, so comics. We've got three things in. No, we got two things in comics, and we'll play what's in the bag. Um, okay, you know, we'll be fine. I actually have items. I've read all mine. I also read. My, well, I read. I picked up. Let's see. Oh, we got mail, by the way. I just, oh, we got an email today. Cool. Hey, Nate. I have one from last week and two from this week, all red. Got a question for you. I need, Answer. I need a, um, what is a, an absolutely over-the-top uh, sneaker um, along the lines of the top-end sneakers that would be recognizable in a caricature? Like price-wise or? No, just like from the, from the way it's styled and stuff. If I gave a picture of a tennis <sighs> shoe to somebody... Wouldn't the Chuck Taylor high top be? Uh, oh, Chuck yeah, Taylor. it's probably the most recognizable. But what um, about high end? The Charles Taylor, uh, <laughs> Charles Taylor Esquire. <laughs> the stratospheric. Like the, it's like the Air Jordans. Is that it? Like or? the Air Jordan Eleven would be recognizable. They have an Eleven uh, on the side. No. They're 11 just, feet tall. They have patent leather and patent leather around the whole shoe and then regular leather at the top. Okay. Or... Looking for something like maybe like fluffy and tab sticking out and that kind of stuff. Uh, Air Jordan 4 has a lot of tabs on it and a big tongue and like netting on the side. Okay. And that's just the number four, if I and a it. mini bar. Yeah, it's got, it's got wings on the side. Kind of no, does have wings. Okay. on the side. that's, that's the uh, Mike, Mike <laughs> Michael Jordan sanitary pad. <laughs> the darn thing's got wings. It's and vinegar. Uh, different product. Yeah. So we got three things in comics. We got a bunch of stuff in movies now. Uh, and television we're we're we're, we're good. good we're good to go all right so i've synced this did you want to do you have it up over there uh i've not looked i was i i'm gonna um i'll open it up in a second after we do the uh you synced the evernote yes i will i will open it up after i get the uh i think i email I actually probably i should be able to just sync it because the email how do i reload up. it Ref- 
refresh sync close it down go to the uh the toolbar for the list and there's a little yeah i got it chasing each other came back up and you sync and it should have been uh updated uh december 3rd 2014 there you go you added powers pilot preacher pilot yeah yeah okay. that's all awesome. there. scene 8 128 is editing you bastard what that's what it says this is in use. I can't do anything. It's it's Nate the, opened it. I, it. Nate is editing. That's what it tells me. Oh, Nate's editing. He was there just a minute before. Because I opened it. Yeah. Ah. You son of a. Okay. All right. All right. Are we ready? Let me hear you, Derek. I am here. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I'm in the same boat. Excuse me. La 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 la. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, we're ready. We are, uh... Yes. Okay. Let's go to it. Nate? In three. I'm... Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready whenever you point at me. In three, two...